This is a HeadGum Podcast. The discussions on Robot Congress are for entertainment purposes and to help correct random people on the internet. Any law discussed is general commentary only and not to be taken as legal advice. Specific facts will always alter the case. Have a problem? Hit the gym and lawyer up. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I am Ryan Morrison, joined as always by my partner at the law firm, Allison Rothman. Hello. And my partner in life, Austin Hoffman. Hello. Today we're talking about something that has taken the world by light drizzle. It got some headlines. People were really concerned about it. It it is uh, two letters and a number that many people have heard now, but very few people really understand what it means. You might say it's taken the world by the abs. It's not coronavirus. It is AB5. AB5 stands for, Austin? Abs. Assembly Bill 5. It is not a Star Wars droid. Always be selling. Always be selling. Yes, that's what AB5 stands for. Uh, And it is here to fix a major problem throughout the country, but one that California is really focused on, uh, contractors. And who is an employee and who is a contractor? But Ryan, if I work for a company, aren't I their employee? (laughs) You fool. (laughs) Uh, jokes aside, though, there are other types of employment. We can talk about interns or volunteers or a plethora of other things. However, the two main ways people are hired at companies are either as an employee or as a contractor. And uh, most people have an idea of what those mean. I think most people, and probably myself before law school, I would have assumed an employee is someone full-time who's there for the foreseeable future long-term. And a contractor is somebody who's there more project-based. Uh, does that sound in line with what you guys thought before your legal musings? That is absolutely how I thought that would be, and it's how I still think it is. Yeah, generally speaking, the same. I think I just thought of it as like a contractor is a more loose arrangement, more casual arrangement. And, and yeah, you know, yeah. you're just seeing your employer like you know when you feel like it, when they feel like it. Yeah, whenever you don't right feel like going to work, you don't go to work. And it's jokes flexible. aside, I mean, jokes aside, that's almost true. So the test for contractors that most law students learn, uh, which is different state to state because it's employment law, is the method and manner of control of the work. Meaning, here's a job you have to get done by a you know a month from today. I don't care when you work on it, how you work on it, what you do, where you do it. Uh, you go do your thing. Yeah. So, yeah. You provide your own equipment. You provide your own transportation. I'm not doing anything for you. You just get the job done, basically. Exactly. If you're doing daily check-ins, if you're making them come into your office, if you're giving them the computer, if you're et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they're more likely an employee. If you're saying, I need three characters designed by June 1st, see you then, that's a contractor. And, and you might all be thinking... Like, okay, great, who cares? But the reason this is so important is because there's different obligations that employers have based on the type of of, of worker that you are. M- most laws affect employees. Most laws say if you are a company, you have to do this for your employees. You have to give your employees benefits. You have to do health insurance. You have to do special training. There's uh, tax implications. And And exactly right. Employees are on payroll. They have their taxes withheld. Contractors, on the other hand, 
pay their own taxes at the end of the year. Austin, you were a 1099 when you first started at the law firm. Now yep. you're an employee. Uh, yep. And it's different rules, regulations, and and things that exist there. Uh, the the main thing that normally comes up to people in this situation is health insurance. Uh, contractors get their own health insurance. Employees get it from the company. Uh, that's a major difference. It's also something that is one of the many benefits you have to do from unemployment insurance to social security to, to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is why companies for so long, especially in California, tried to not have any employees. Yeah, it's a pretty frequent thing that happens. We deal with it a lot in the esports space too. Um, you know, it's really, really easy to say, I'm going to make you a contractor so that I don't have to give you all of these extra added benefits. And you're cool with it. I'm cool with it. So let's just say that you're that. But in actuality, it doesn't matter what you put in your contract. It doesn't matter what you call it. What the law and what the court is going to look at is the way that you're actually behaving. When I worked for a video game company in my 20s, I really didn't care about being a contractor because I came to work, well, semi-regularly, but I had health insurance through my parents. So I wasn't concerned about that kind of stuff. And now I would be really concerned about that kind of stuff. Right. And I think uh, with everything I just said, though, about the test and, and that Ali said about method and manner, about how you do a job and how plugged in you are, how much there are daily reports... You can very easily, as a non-attorney, go into the tech industry, the video game industry, the esports industry, and see how this is so abused and ignored and neglected. We have people that are, you know, the vice president of a company on their business card being called a contractor. That that's not true in any jurisdiction in the world. However, companies were doing it. The companies that have been disrupting society, though. Uh, that are quite aptly named the disruptors. Literally the reason why this legislation came to be. Right. Uh, we're talking about Uber, about Lyft, about Postmates, DoorDash, WAG, Rover. And, and we'll all share some horror stories soon about how this actually plays into effect. But what these companies realized is there's a bunch of users who want something and there's a bunch of contractors willing to perform the service. And I'm just going to play matchmaker. And because they're contractors... I'm not responsible for them, so they think. And because these users might not get the service they want, I don't have to re apply refunds. I don't have to do anything. It's going to be on the contractor. And again, that's not really true, but that's how these companies were formed and what they did. It's when if your Postmates delivery driver disappears or your food arrives cold. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> and Postmates <laughs> says, sorry, go to hell. They're allowed to. Uh, I'll give a specific example first. I'd love to hear from you too, Allie. But my dog I is... I wish we were doing this live because I'd really love to hear like what our listeners... I'm sure our listeners have crazy experiences too. Yeah, and please tweet, email in Robot Congress show... What is it, Austin? Robot Congress <laughs> podcast Robot at gmail.com. Gmail right, Robot Congress podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Robot Congress podcast at gmail.com. Robot Congress podcast at gmail.com. I'm not uh, continuing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that... That is, uh, the, there are endless horror stories about this. And again, that's why this legislation came into that we'll get into. But let's use Rover, uh, God's worst invention. Whoa, 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 uh, Ryan, Brian, why would you want to use Rover, which is a fantastic service that pairs people that need their pets being taken care of with people that want to take care of those pets? And well, I used to use WAG. Yeah, WAG, Rover, there's a ton of them now. Well, the, the, but they're all the same terrible company. WAG was terrible. Rover is even worse, at least in my experience. But again, they're not even worse because they're the same company. I just got unlucky with a random contractor. You go on these apps and they say, we've checked their backgrounds. We've certified these people. We've done this, this, and that. 
they've hit all the checkboxes on their sign-in screen. They tapped, yes, I care about dogs. Yes, I care about cats. No, I won't abandon a job. Exactly. <laughs> and that's about it from what my experience is, because these are complete randoms. Uh, I've I, the One of the girls who became a, a regular walker told me that there was no actual check. She didn't do anything with them. She just was given random people's dogs and access to their homes. So uh, the, the reality is, though, I my dog was put in severe jeopardy. I have a 14-year-old dog. I had a work emergency. Normally, Allison or someone in the neighborhood can help me take care of him. But I was desperate and she wasn't in town, et cetera. So I called, I used Rover. I got a dog sitter to come over. And the dog sitter, I told very clearly, I said, I have a camera in the living room. I have a camera in the kitchen. Uh, You know, the house is yours, free reign. Thank you for staying over tonight. And immediately she said, okay, great, thanks. Uh, Must have forgotten I said there was cameras because she took about 15 pictures of my dog from different angles, uh, brought him into the living room, took a picture, brought him in my computer room, took a picture. And then throughout the day was sending me those pictures as if she was there, new pictures, saying your dog's so easy to take care of, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, on the cameras, I know she left five minutes after I did and never came back. My poor dog was home 12 hours alone. I was on a very long flight. I got off and reviewed all this, saw the text, put everything together in what is very clearly fraud, animal endangerment, et cetera. And Rover said, oh, sorry, it's a contractor. Sucks to be you. And in, in they, they acknowledge no responsibility. I don't when that happened. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, and generally speaking, like, you know, obviously we all use these companies. They, they offer an awesome service. We all order Postmates. We all use Uber. But legally speaking, this is exactly why it's a nightmare. Yeah, and they're, it's exactly what you just said, Austin. They, they have a Rover guarantee. And then they explained to me that that's not real and that's not really for their contractors, that it's that's if the app messes something up. Uh, so great. Yeah, they're a software provider. Essentially. Yeah, absolutely. They have, a, they, they, they have like a it's a person on the on the Rover guarantee. It seems like they really they care. They support Rover pet parents and sitters, etc. And they there, what's no what's support. really what's really sad, though, is when I tweeted about this and I said Rover almost cost me my dog's life. So many people tweeted pictures of their animals that passed away uh, because of Rover sitters completely abusing them, neglecting them, disappearing. It, it, it was heart-wrenching how many dogs have died from this, and the app is still allowed to exist without any repercussions. Yeah, and all they do, for the most part, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously Xander being put in danger, anybody's pet being affected by this is way worse than, for example, my my meal not being delivered. Well, but, hold on. <laughs> what kind of meal? It depends how hungry I was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and how temperamental the meal is. Some things keep right. for a longer period of time than others. That's right. <laughs> I've seen you hangry. I would almost rather have danger uh, Xander watched by the woman again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no but it, I mean, it's so crappy because all they do is say, well, I'm so sorry about that. Don't worry. We didn't charge you. Okay, but what about the what about the damage that you've caused yeah, i mean the, now i'm hangry yeah <laughs> or decide like you've been inconvenienced for hours now you're waiting on food what if you have guests or you know there have been times where like for example i'm sick and i can't get out so i'm ordering postmates and yeah or I mean, like me sucks. i'm fat and lazy and i want it now uh but but the, the worst part sick. the worst part with rover is they sent two replacement people and each of them disappeared again for 12 hours doing just about the same thing so anyone using these pet sitting apps, please go get a Nest well, camera. Wasn't there somebody that covered your camera too? Oh, yes. Well, that's even crazier. That, so that's happened numerous times. I've had sitters text me at 1 a.m. saying, I went and unplugged all the cameras. I just don't like cameras. Even though there's none in the bedroom. I told you where they were. It was not a secret thing. 
However, the worst example was a woman who, again, I tell all of them where the cameras are. She uh, disappeared for eight hours, uh, text me, sorry, church ran long and came in. And you know what? Eight hours is at the cusp of fine. I have a job. I get it. You know, as long as he's getting breakfast, the walk, dinner, et cetera, he's, you're supposed, he's an old dog. So I would prefer more care, but okay. I won't lose my mind over that. But then she comes home, gets naked in the kitchen and starts cooking completely nude. And then halfway through remembers there's a camera. She looks at it and then very slowly goes over and turns it around. (laughs) It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my Uh, entire life. And I'm not sitting there watching the camera but you get alerts when people go in and out of the room. You have them, Allie. Yeah. It was insane. So again, I just sent that to Rover and I said, get this lunatic out of my house. Oh yeah, my God. I, well, that's like that's why I've never used those services because I don't trust anybody. And I can't imagine letting somebody in my house, but I totally get it. I have a small dog that I don't necessarily need it for, but you know, you have a big dog and a lot of people need these services, and it's just it's so ridiculous what they do here. Um, I, make use, I, I make use of friends and family for this stuff now because I, I there, there's too many horror stories. And I, well, I try to make sometimes, use of... Well, we don't... Yeah, I mean, like, speaking for Ryan and myself, we're across the country from our family now. I used to do the same thing when I lived at home. I would only leave my dog with my parents. And no, Allie, I'm, Allie, I'm talking about the food delivery. No, but jokes aside, like, we... It, this, I also have a dog walker that comes every day that I met through WAG. Uh, he hates Rover as much as I do. But, you know, there is something to be said that they're not all evil people. There's people on there that love dogs and take care of them great. There's also people on there who realize how easy it is to scam. So just be careful. Get a camera and protect your, your animals if you use them. Yeah, and really? Oh. Going back to all these services, though, the point yeah, is... Yeah, this, this like, tangent got out of hand. Bring us back out. No, I mean, the, the point is that these companies have no obligation either to you as the customer or to these contractors. And really because these companies have no coverage and no obligation. If you meet a wag or Rover person that you like and use regularly and they don't mind getting paid, not through wag or Rover, then you can, you know, actually just use them regularly. Like they did it. Like if they had just a side business. I mean, that's for sure. True. I, uh, I, I met this guy off WAG, used him once through WAG, and then have hired him and paid him through PayPal ever since. Uh, that's not true. We recently switched to Venmo. Uh, <laughs> Which but, is over uh, PayPal, I think. It, it is. Okay, so let's switch to the entertainment industry. Video games specifically, they have a like a really big like ballooning and then... Oh, a wax, waxing and waning. That's a better way to say it. They have a big waxing and like waning. Try to uh, find like another way. Let's go for a big three. Uh, okay, so I did ballooning, I did waxing and waning. Okay, so there are times when they're really like a, like inflamed and swelling up, and then other times Ugh. where they've taken too many antibiotics and they go back down again. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, Ali, you, you can't sign off on that one, right? No, <laughs> my face. If only you all saw my face. So, uh, don't worry, we'll keep all three. But like their employment, right? Because they make use of a lot of contractors because they have these crunch periods where it's like, oh, time to buckle down, get a lot of work done. And then they have lulls where they're either just like maintaining their game and putting out periodic content and or like they're really like focusing on other projects. So this got you really excited. This is the quickest I've ever heard you speak. <laughs> I, I so you love Scrum. Uh, I don't, but it it's it is very interesting. Uh, an agile man. Ah, yes, that's the one that we learned. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no, uh, but so so listen, I, I hear what you're saying. Flex hiring is a common practice throughout all industry. However, the game industry really, yeah, when they have a big project or deadline coming up, 
Uh, they hire a ton of contractors to come in. Also, like I said earlier, I mean, Ali, have you ever seen an employment agreement for anything but super high level staff at most game companies? No, unfortunately not. It's just they come to us when they have a problem afterwards. But I I hear what you're saying too, Austin. And I just want to be clear that even with this new legislation, it doesn't mean you can't have contractors. You just have to really stick to the rules here in order to do it. And if not, then the default changes. But, and I'm, I'm, yeah. but I'll respectfully disagree a little that while you can have contractors, certainly, so I guess I'm not disagreeing, uh, California also has other laws that if you have pretty basic language that all 49 other states use in their contractor agreements, uh, Austin, have you heard of work made for hire? Yes. Meaning, Do I know what okay. No. Fair enough. It means I'm a contract. If I'm paying you as a contractor X amount of dollars for you to produce Y work, uh, you get that money and I get a license on the work. Without a contract, you own that work. So oh. you maintain copyright ownership. So when I make a work for hire clause, what that's saying is I've hired you to do this. It's a work made for hire. And at the end of it, I'm going to own it. You no longer own it. You're, you're selling me the rights in exchange for the money. California has a law that just about no one follows. And I don't know anyone who's been affected by this since. However, disclaimer, 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 you could be. That's that if there is work made for hire uh, language in your agreement, you're an employee. You're not a contractor, which coincides with all this other stuff to make it really difficult to have a contractor in a in a video game company because, of course, you want to own what they're making. There's ways around it. There's alternatives. There's loopholes. But on its face, it's become very difficult to have contractors at a game studio in California. Is that fair, Allie? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I do think we're actually in agreement that California in particular, as with a lot of things, is making it really, really difficult to do it. I mean, the whole reason California is making this so difficult for companies to hire contractors is to force them to really stick to the rules here and do it the right way. So yeah, it's difficult. Um, but it, because the real makes it even harder. Right. But. Because the big thing with this is that it, they can't perform work. That what, what the one of the number two was the person performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business. So, I mean, if you're a game development company and you're hiring developers, you know, hoping to get them as like contractors that they're, they're developers and that's what you do. Sure, but there there are exceptions again. Uh, there's exceptions to this law that that you know happy to go into. But graphic designers, for example, have an exception. Uh, artists have an exception. Photographers have an exception. And how does that apply to the video game industry? It it's difficult to say. You're you're not wrong though because there are contractors in these industries, freelance journalists and media creators, for example. Uh, they're limited to 35 pieces per publisher each year if they want to remain considered an independent contractor. And that's how these exceptions work. We can get really into the details on each, although we would require four more episodes. Uh, <laughs> but let's use that one, 35 pieces per publisher each year. Now, again, this law on its face is seemingly to protect these contractors. However, these journalists sued to block AB5, alleging that their First Amendment rights were being infringed upon because if they're only limited to 35 uh, articles per year per publication, that is really detrimental to some of them. And they don't want to be employees at, at the Wall Street Journal because they might also write for the New York Times. Uh, uh, yes, even, moonlighting clauses. 
that's not at all what I'm saying, and I don't want to conflate those two. Because <laughs> um, a moonlighting clause would be for an employee, Austin, yes. not a contractor. You can't really give contractors non-competes. That's the whole argument here. That's what we're saying. So it, it's just it, it's interesting to see these industries look at things like that uh, and how it affects everybody. It's what Ali was saying earlier. Some drivers want to be, some don't. Austin, you've been a contractor and an employee. What do you want to be? Uh, I want to be an employee. That's mm. my well. Okay. Well, I want you to be an employee too because employee is one of the factors we didn't go over. Is they are at will, so we can fire you any reason at any time for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it's just like being a contractor. No, contractors have uh, uh, terms usually to their agreements. I mean, the moral of the story is just don't work in California. Just don't work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Louisiana gives you tax breaks to have a game studio. Go there. <laughs> uh, so okay, so. Let's talk about Dynamex. That's a really cool dog name. So Dynamex was a case in 2018 that basically asked, should workers classify their their employees as contractors or employees under California's wage orders? Uh, now, there again, we went through a lot of what that means and why that happens. Dynamex was a delivery or is a delivery company that classified its workers as contractors, all of them. As a result, drivers were required to use their own cars, pay for their own gas, and other transportation expenses you would expect, tolls, etc. Two delivery drivers brought a class action against Dynamex. Class action is is lawyer speak for making your lawyer rich, Uh, but it also sometimes (laughs) can get legislation changed. So the court actually determined here that Dynamex absolutely misclassified their workers as contractors. And this was industry shaking, not just delivery drivers, but all of the companies we mentioned, all of these disruptor companies, they were doing what Dynamex did. And this was shattering to them. Right. Is this what we call a precedent being set? uh, (laughs) Yep. Yes. Can we get a a precedent alarm, Austin? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a way less creative alarm than I expected. Uh, But that's the precedent alarm. Uh, So in determining whether to classify, this is what the court wrote, in determining whether to classify workers as employees or as contractors for the purposes of California's wage orders, the standard set forth in the wage orders required a hiring entity, Dynamex, asserting independent contractor status, the drivers, to establish each of three factors. Those three factors are the contractors are free from control of the company, meaning what Ali and Austin were joking about at the start of this episode, I'll talk to you when I talk to you, I'll do it how I want, leave me alone. That's that's right. Uh, you give them a deadline and a project, they come back with it, you don't talk to them, you don't have any control over them in between. This, I mean, you can talk to them. You cannot talk to them. I, yeah, I don't want to overstep, I'm sorry. Communication. You're allowed to talk to them, you're allowed to be friendly, but you're not allowed like daily oversight or even hourly oversight, etc. Listen, you just go build this house and I'll see it later. I'll see it in a month, okay? Yeah. I mean, that is what contractors yes. do. And jokes, you're, I, I don't want to blur the line here with jokes. That's right. Here's the house I want you to build. Here's the blueprints. Go do it. I'll you see you when it's done. You don't have to do it from nine to five. You do it when you want to do it, but you do it. Right. But please actually only work between the hours of 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. I have lots of neighbors that I hate. No, see, that's a nice request you can make to a contractor. Sure. But if you're their employer and you're demanding those hours, bam, you're but, an employer. But let's keep going through it. The revenge construction company. Let's finish company. the three things. No, that Austin is- will never let us. <laughs> <laughs> So the second the second factor is performing work outside the usual course of the company's business. This one's interesting. That one's crazy. That- we're going to get into it deeper before you get enraged. 
And three is the contractor is customarily engaged in independent work, meaning uh, it's it's been this has been in existence forever. But the more contracting jobs you have, the more likely you are a contractor. Uh, As opposed to just working for one company. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of laws like that. Like the more parity you use in your work, the more likely what you're creating is a parity. And there's like this, it's like the jobs that require three years of experience for an entry level position. It's not really fair, (laughs) but that's life. Uh, So, But that was a really important case because what it, what it, did was if you don't satisfy those three things, then by default, these people are going to be employees. Right. Uh, I thought you were going to say set precedent. (laughs) Yes, Austin, it's set precedent. (laughs) Uh, And there's an, uh, there isn't a, there are exceptions to this. We'll go through this. There, there's quite a few actually, as with all law, but when people talk about AB five, they mean assembly bill five, which took this Dynamex case and the test within it and codified it into law. So now that is law in California as of January 1st this year. Codified or codified? Codified. What codified. did I say? Codified. codified. I said codified? You well, said- that's because we're talking about, we're going to be talking about code. When are we talking about code? We're going to be talking about coders in the valley made of <laughs> silicon. Of course. Is that's silicon, silicon or silicone? Silicon or silicone? Yeah. <laughs> silicon. Thank you, Ellie. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So the first factor, the person is free from control and direction of the hiring entity. Now. Getting into that deeper, that basically means the hiring party must establish that the worker is free such control worker is subject either as a matter of contractual right. No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, my God. Thank I, you. Should we go through this or no? Well, yeah. yeah I, 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 I mean, I, let's I, just I talk about it like, practically. So bit. you're Uber driver. You pick and choose when you want to drive. You are really tired one day. You want to sleep until noon. You wake up and you decide you want to get one dr- one rider and you do it. But the, exactly. Same with Postmates. The guy delivering you might not want to deliver three people after you and goes home. Bam, doom. That's his day and his job. And the Postmates driver is also probably doing Uber, is probably doing Lyft. Yeah. And that's that's to the uh, factor three here, which is you're a contractor. You do contracting jobs all over the place. Does that make sense, Austin? Yeah, but what if you're really just like doing it for Uber? That's Uber fine. Eats. That's fine because Uber actually incentivized their, their drivers certain mileage and certain time. Uh, they would give them weekend bonuses and things. And the more you're doing that, the more you're with Uber, the more likely you're an employee. So Uber is going to be de-incentivized to incentivize. But Ryan, you skipped from one to three there. It makes well, me feel like you want to avoid number two. Because of the flow of conversation and human ca- chatting. Uh, <laughs> so two is this, the, the person performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business. Now that's... And as we all know, Uber has continuously... Uh, assured us that drivers are not a part of their core business model. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you're not being, you're joking, but, but it's not a joke, right? I know it's not a joke, (laughs) but basically contracted workers who provide services in a role comparable to that of an existing employee are likely to be viewed as, as an employee. Oh, crazy. So that's because Uber doesn't have any employees that are drivers. That's true. To Ali's joke earlier, Uber is a software company. They create software that matches people who want to ride with people who ride. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. So so they don't employ drivers, and that is their argument. Uh, It goes further. They're not a driving service. Like if you went and hired a private driver, that's very different. Yeah. Like like when I think of Uber, I don't think of people driving me places. I think of the programmers making Uber. Yeah, Your right. App. There you go. That's that tells definitely you how many what I stars you have. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so the example they gave was when a retail store that sells clothing hires a plumber to come and repair a leak in the bathroom. 
that plumber is outside the usual course of business. That's clearly a contractor, or at least clearly under this factor. But they continue that example that if a retail store hires a, a seamstress to work at her home and she's creating stuff for the store, that's a lot more likely an employee. Really? I thought that would have been like a, that, that. Well, no, they both seem like contractors to me. Long story short, Uber screwed here, right? Postmates uh, screwed num- here. All on these- number two, yeah. I mean, this legislation was enacted like to get them. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah, go get them. That these disruptor companies are disrupting in a bad way throughout society. And uh, listen, I like being able to get from one place to another without having to call a taxi cab company. Oh, I, I couldn't yeah, agree more great. with you. It's just a matter of making sure that everybody is on the right side of things. And I've actually had this conversation with a lot of my Uber drivers. Yes, I talk to my Uber driver sometimes. But um, that's so, so weird. That is the strangest thing I've ever heard. I honestly, a lot of the times it's not intentional. It's just you accidentally talk. I'm, I'm well, no, the listening. words just spill out of her mouth. <laughs> she but, doesn't shut no, up. But I, so sometimes I don't even think they understand what's going on here. And it's really interesting. Some of them oh, hate okay. Uber and Lyft. They understand that they're totally being taken advantage of. And others love it. And they want to continue doing things the way that they are. Yeah, there. That is that is the problem here. Uh, some people don't want to trade freedom for health insurance. Some people don't want to set schedules. Some people don't want this to be more controlled. As much as this is to protect uh, the the employees of these companies, it's really much more in my eyes to protect you in that Uber alley or me waiting for food or whatever or with the dog, whatever. Uh, you know, the the customer here is screwed in every situation when you can't get to the contractor to have a complaint or fix the issue. Right. And because how do you get to the contractor through the app? And you're not going to get to the contractor that way. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, and as soon as your ride ends, you know, you can't message the driver or the delivery person anymore. Yeah. And how many creepy I mean, I have a lot of female friends who can't tell, you know, endless stories of creepy drivers sending them texts afterwards or doing things like or hitting on them in the, the car or whatever. Uh Again, yes, Uber is responsible for that, and you have a case there for sure, but their business model says they're not, and them being contractors creates more hiccups there and more roadblocks to do it. So there's there this is made for consumer protection in my eyes, this law, not for employee protection. Do you disagree? No, I completely agree with you. It's just interesting to hear like the worker's position on it. Yeah, I mean, because if somebody's doing it as a side, you know, like as a as a little side business, something that they that they just want to do on their off hours when they're bored, they want to drive people around because they like driving. Sure. But, you know, I, I think for people that are doing it more consistently or that have actually moved away from doing, you know, their old full time job to driving full time, it can be really crappy. Yeah, I think the, the most common thing that I hear from Lyft and Uber drivers is that they do it because of the flexibility. So if you're like if you're making them an employee now, then that's going to change that for them. Yeah, if it becomes, you know, you work 9 to 5 and then Ted you come in from 5 to 8 and then blah blah blah, it's less fun. What about part-time employees? Aren't they going to have some some degree of flexibility? I mean, not really. It's the same issue. If you're an employee, your boss can set your method and manner of work. It can tell you what hours you're driving, what what hours you're not. Uh, yeah, it doesn't even necessarily have to be like you have to be on the clock nine to five. But even if it's something that says, you know, you have to work a minimum of 20 hours a week right? Um, or a full time employees frequently, you know, 40 hours a week when you, mm-hmm. you know, taking out their lunch break and everything. But, okay, well, that, that puts yeah, it their into hours the are still mandated. But- 
What's really yeah. nice, though, is since this is a very uh, powerful and complicated law, uh, they put in some exceptions. And of course, the class and group that deserved it the most got an exception, which is lawyers. Hollywood. No, oh. lawyers. We drafted <laughs> it. We get our we always give ourselves an out. This law is necessary. It's got it's going to save society. Oh, but lawyers don't need to be part of it. But also, yeah, that really doesn't. I don't know. Does that does that say uh, a lot for the integrity and the the purpose of this? No, because it's all everything's corrupt and everything's from lobbying. Vote for Bernie. But Ali is uh, uh, not wrong. This is a California law, so obviously the mu- the movie industry got a big old exception here. I mean, the whole entertainment industry, like a lot. I mean, we can read out some of these exceptions that we have here. Whoa, whoa, Allie, wouldn't you say that entertainment would also cover... Yeah, I mean, lucky for us, it does at this point. There's a lot of exceptions that potentially apply to our industry, too. You got it. All right. Occupations or contracting relationships that are exempted here. Marketing services, human resource administrators, travel agents. There are still travel agents. I did not realize that. Graphic designers, and very important in the world. Grant writers, they write grants. Like, <laughs> Mailed it. Wait, Just- all right, fine artists. I thought you were saying art- fine to me, but he said no, fine artists. Fine artists, payment processing agents, provided they are retained the, through an independent st- uh, sales organization, photographers, freelance writers, editors, newspaper cartoonists, and licensed aestheticians, electrologists, <laughs> manicurists, barbers, or oh, licensed. Do you know what that is? Um, yeah, I think it's somebody that, that takes care of your aesthetics. Can, Ali, can you please uh, would it tell also what an esthetician, whatever it is? I think learns how to pronounce it. <laughs> Wait, oh, 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 is it not esthetician? It's absolutely it, not. It is esthetician. Yeah, but he didn't say that. He said, he said oh. esthetician. <laughs> esthetician. Uh, that's for, that is the aesthetics one. Uh, what's what an esthetician? It it's somebody that takes care of your aesthetics. Austin, who did your brows last week? My brows. <laughs> uh, well wait okay so you're talking about my eyebrows Allie that would be my barber who is also on this list what other brows would she mean well the brow is actually a part of your forehead who did your forehead last week <laughs> <laughs> the one I had work done years ago the one you forgot Austin is the enrolled tax agents licensed by the IRS meaning they made a tax law again. They left out the lawyers and they left out the IRS so that the IRS does not need to follow its own tax code. Hooray. Wow. Well, this is this is fun because artists don't have to worry. About, what's a grant writer? Is it, I don't know what a grant writer is. Well, They're I, great grant writers. we're going to do an entire episode on it next week, Austin, but we're going to wrap up here. <laughs> so uh, kids at home, Google grant writer and follow along next week because Austin doesn't know words. <laughs> Uh, follow me on Twitter at Morrison. You can follow me on Twitter at Robot Austin. You can follow me if you want to see all my great content uh, at Allie Rothman. <laughs> and she will and not you tweet. Follow the, you can follow That's the show at <laughs> Robot underscore Congress. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about AB5, please contact Morrison Rothman at Allison at MorrisonRothman.com. <laughs> I don't want to read your emails. Also, <laughs> please email us with your horror stories of Uber and Lyft drivers. Yeah, for real, though. I'm, I want to start a class action against Postmates just for how many uh, times they, I, they pick up my food and then they get a second order. And then they drive 20 minutes in that direction. Mm-hmm. And then they finally come back to me. And my Red Lobster Cheddar Bay biscuits are cold. Oh, I am the queen of writing messages to Uber customer service. <laughs> That's right. Even though they don't do anything I'm, about it. I'm furious. Uh, wow. But... 
I'm going to start posting those on my Twitter. That, honestly, just make your Twitter a best of your customer service complaints. <laughs> all right. Sorry, we can't help you. Love you all. Good night. Bye, Bye. Craig. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.